0: Thursday, welcome in. You are locked into RSVP with Jill Monroe here on KBLA Talk 1580. A little Lenny Kravitz to bring us in. This, of course, is the show where we hit all the trending topics across entertainment, sports, lifestyle, and culture. I am your host, Jill Monroe. And, you know, it's the end of the week, it's the end of the month. I hope that you are relaxed in a comfortable place, so that we can get into all of these trending topics and headlines. And you know there's much to discuss, as always. So before we get into all of that, are you following us on social media? KBLA1580, you know the drill by now. If you haven't gotten on board, now's your chance. Make it happen. Also, hit me up. I'm at Stiletto Jill Everywhere. You can also download the app so that you can listen to us at your convenience. And if you want to get the visual with this audio experience, make sure you're hitting up YouTube. We are there live. The chat always has an interesting perspective on the topics of the night. So, you know, lock in, tap in. Now, let me give you a rundown of what we are discussing this evening Of course, you heard Lenny Kravitz in the intro. That is not by accident. Lenny had a recent interview where he stated that he felt like BET networks, they never showed him love. So we're going to get into that. I have a unique perspective on this topic because... I worked at Virgin Records with Lenny on a project, and I also worked at BET. So, you know, we're going to see if we can kind of break down what is happening from both sides, at least in my opinion, and go from there. In hour two, we're going to reheat some old beef. Carrie Hilson recently appeared on the r and Money podcast with Tank and Jay Valentine. And, you know, they have a segment called i ain't saying no names where the guest drops tea they share a story from the past and they don't say any names but you know this particular story people figured it out because the other person involved has shared the story previously and we're going to kind of discuss that discuss old beef and really how it came to a resolution, and if you think that the resolution is just and fair. And then in the third hour, we're going to get into something special. You know, if you are a fan of the hit star series, Raising Canaan, that would be Power Book 3, we have an interview with the cast tonight. We're going to be talking to Makai Curtis, who plays Kanan, Antonio Ortiz, who plays Famous, Haley Kilgore, that's Jukebox, Malcolm Mays, who plays Uncle Lulu, and London Brown, who plays um, Marvin. We also will be talking with Joey Badass. He portrays Unique, and there's a new character that is joining the cast this season as Unique's older brother, Ronnie. His name is Gotham. So we're going to get into that with them and learn all about the new season of Power. So, of course, before we get into all of the trending topics and headlines, I have to give you a couple of conversation starters. You know, these are stories that I want you to be aware of, but we don't have time to get into the full, full scope. So listen, Michael Jackson is continuing to break awards. The King of Pops, 1983, it's been 40 years, y'all. 1983 music video, Beat It, has reached 1 billion views on YouTube. And you have to think, it wasn't on YouTube in 1983, obviously. But um, people are still, to this day, checking it out it's a completely different era 40 years later and I mean if you think about it Michael obviously he is the one he is the icon he is the one that they're all trying to catch or emulate or kind of bring forth that that type of energy it can never be duplicated though I don't care what anyone says at least I can't see it happening in my lifetime just because of technology's sake. Michael Jackson had people lined up before there was social media and cell phones. Just think about that. People were falling out at his concerts crying. They were going around the world to tour to see him, spending big dollars before that was an even before that even was a thing. There was no internet for them to pre-plan with other Michael fans to make it not so lonely. This is not the first Michael single to reach a billion views on YouTube, of course. Billie Jean and 1996's They Don't Care About Us both have reached that number. Billie Jean expected. They Don't Care About Us that is certainly interesting to me that song caused so much controversy when it first came out i think michael even had to change the lyrics to it to the opening and um you know it's crazy what time does when i look back at things you know that was michael's song sort of of protest of inhumane treatment of the media coming down unfairly on him just of all the different woes he felt that people were suffering at the time and it didn't do well and now 15 years after his passing and 40 something years after one of the biggest albums of all time it's still happening right and Of course, Thriller recently reappeared in the top 100 on Billboard. It peaked at number 21. It's the sixth consecutive year that it has reappeared on the Billboard charts. Of course, thank you to Halloween. I mean, who can you see keeping up with that? not many. When we come forward, we're going to get into Lenny Kravitz and his comments about not being supported by black media. We're going to dive all into that, plus more trending topics and headlines. You're locked into RSVP with Jill Monroe here on KBLA Talk 1580.
1: Infusing a sense of fun and entertainment in every episode, you're listening to RSVP with Jill Monroe on KBLA Talk 1580. More when we come cook- forward.
0: You were locked into RSVP with Jill Monroe here on KBLA Talk 1580. So Lenny Kravitz, listen, do we love some Lenny Kravitz? I think we do. I think that Lenny is generally someone that we think of and have warm feelings about. You know, some people have had jokes at various times, patchouli jokes and things of that nature, comedy about... uh He and Lisa Bonet's and what is it, Jason Moma? But I don't even think Jason's a part of the mix anymore. But, you know, they're how they basically connected and co-parented and, you know, had a blended family situation for all of those years. So Lenny has a new album coming out and it is called, I just lost it, um... It is called Blue Electric Light, and it's his first album that he's dropping in five years. So he recently did an interview with Esquire where he opened up about a lot of things, right? And one of the things that has caught a lot of people's eye is that the 59-year-old said that he has been mystified ...at how he's been treated by black entertainment and culture outlets through the years. He said, take Vibe magazine, which featured a who's who of black artists... ...in its pages when it began publishing in 1993. They waited almost a decade to put Lenny on the cover. And he said it wasn't just Vibe. To this day, he says, I have not been invited to a BET thing or a Source Awards thing, he says... And it's like, here is a black artist who has reintroduced many um, to black art forms because we know rock and roll was started by black people. He's broken down barriers just like those that came before me broke down. That is a positive and they don't have anything to say about it. So I thought that this was interesting because he is right to a degree Lenny is not someone generally that probably a BET or Source Awards would think to reach out to. Maybe a desire to, but I don't know if he would necessarily be top of mind. As I mentioned, right, I worked at Virgin Records and I worked on a Lenny project or two. He's a great guy. Really cool. Enjoyed that. And I also worked at BET, So I have a unique perspective in that I can see this topic from both sides. Now, I can't really say what is currently happening as far as Lenny and his career and whomever's around him. But what I absolutely can say is that if in 2002, 2001, at that time frame, if someone from BET had reached out to Virgin Records PR department or, I can't say this part with absolute certainty, reached out to Lenny's management, they probably would have been turned away or ignored because they didn't think that it was a fit. I find it interesting that Lenny is not aware that Part of the reason why he wasn't in black spaces, at least some of the time, is because those around him weren't really open to him being featured in those. They didn't. Let me say this. I mean, and I think this is obvious and we still see it now. There are different tier levels, we know, for celebrities, of course. But they also put different tier levels as far as outlets that they engage in. Fahima mentions that Lenny has done collaborations with hip-hop artists. That's fine. It's not saying, I'm not trying to imply that Lenny doesn't like black culture or things like that. But what I am saying is sometimes the people around you will gatekeep what you have access to as an artist. Sometimes it is on you to step into that, right? Like for example, you, you hear a lot of times about things happening on the red carpet and, you know, black outlets being placed at the end of the carpet and talent, you know, walking by, you ask their publicists, can they stop? And they're like, oh, we don't have time, or they'll come so late, so that really they can only hit the big outlets and move ahead sometimes that's their publicist and sometimes that is the talent hiding behind their publicist so i mean again i love lenny i worked on some lenny projects that's a fact you know i enjoy his music i've seen his shows he puts on a fantastic show but again i can't say what is happening in 2023 but what i can tell you is in that the early 2000s if a BET or a Soul Train Awards potentially reached out to Lenny, I don't know if his team would have accepted, right? I also think that there is a perception around Lenny, whether real or assumed, that he is not um that he is not someone that really digs into culture in the same way that we think of when we think of something like BET. So there was an interview that he did, I believe, for the OWN Network that took place in 2013, right? And some of his comments that he said in there, and let me be clear, I don't necessarily think that there is something wrong with his perspective, but it's just a perspective that I know that some people would say, oh, well— He probably doesn't have an interest in getting into something that is, you know, very black or very steeped in what we deem black culture, you know, with all of its current elements, so to speak. Right. So in 2013, he um, spoke about not seeing race being a big deal and not really seeing a difference about races because his parents weren't you know were the same race. They didn't discuss it, and he said because everyone around him was different colors, religions, and backgrounds, it wasn't something that was a big deal to him. And I used the word colors because he did. I took that as a direct quote. He also mentioned in this interview that the first day of first grade, a kid ran up to him and yelled, your father's white. And that was the first time he ever thought about there was a difference in his family right he went on to explain in this interview from 2013 that his great-grandmother was Cherokee Indian his father a Russian Jew and his mother was bohemian so he didn't know what to mark on race forms he said teachers would automatically just mark him as black and he didn't like it and he felt like it squashed his heritage and so I think that When some people hear statements like that, it very much hits in the same way for some that someone saying all lives matter does. And I think with those type of things, you know, people don't know what to make of it. So the assumption is someone like Lenny may not want to celebrate into the culture like that. And two, were his people, if they were pitched for Lenny, Would they, one, bring that to him, and two, allow him to go to that? Trust and believe. There are a lot of artists at times that I can say BET sought after for the awards or things of that nature that wouldn't come. We talk about it now. We just talked about it in June, how sometimes some of the bigger artists in the culture will show up at other things, but not necessarily show up at things like the BET Awards or the Soul Train Awards. Because when, for some, not all, for some, when the movement happens towards mainstream success, then sometimes our things seem smaller or less significant. And They move as such and they treat us as such. But let something go wrong. Let something happen. They're right there at our door, like brother, sister, whatever. So I'm not implying that that is anything that was going on with Lenny. I just find it interesting, though, that um, I'm sure he wanted to, everyone wants to feel loved and accepted from their own. And maybe this is a thought that has developed over time as he's evolved as a person, as an artist, and, you know, on that level. Because I just think it was interesting. He's never really made an effort. When he's done promo at radio, I know it's probably was hard or interesting to try and get radio play at, you know, a hip-hop station or a regular R&B station for some of his music. But did he ever think about maybe just going to the station and doing an interview anyway, even if it might not go to an ad at that time? You know, again, I love Lenny, but sometimes we just like people that we feel show up for us, too. And I think the the word, whether real, implied, or assumed, is that Lenny had no interest in getting into black culture in that way. At any rate, we'll see what happens now that he has spoken out about it. Maybe we'll see him at the BET Awards next June. I would like to see Lenny honored, you know. he he really is an important part of the culture, if you think about it. His mom, Roxy Roker, what she did with the Jeffersons, what he did as an artist. Shout out to View Park, because you know Lenny lived in View Park for a little while. Got to get my L.A. stuff in. But um, I think it's interesting that he's taken this stance, sort of. Um, when he was Romeo Blue as well, I don't recall him really being into that again not saying that he wasn't it just wasn't something that he led with at any rate this was a really good interview and there were some other topics that they got into he talked about the fact that at 59 years old he is not running away from love right he said that He hasn't gotten married, obviously, since he and Lisa Bonet broke up in 1993. Now, you know, a lot of us, we think, oh, Lenny is still carrying a torch for Lisa. I mean, they are good friends and they did co-parent well and they looked beautiful together. Sometimes you have to wonder because, I mean, that's 30 years. But, you know, he maybe just hasn't found his person yet. He does say that um, he's open to it. And that he believes marriage is still a part of his future. He said he's become stronger, he's become more disciplined, and he's become more open to be able to do so. By doing so, he means getting married. But he said it's been a very difficult thing for him to figure out. He also had <coughs> excuse me, a failed engagement to Nicole Kidman, and he was with model Adrienne Lima for a while, so... You know, he said that the desires always been there, but just didn't work out, you know. The flesh is willing, but what is it? The mind is weak or something like that. I think that's how the saying saying goes. I might be wrong. And he also says that he wouldn't be, you know, mad at having another kid, even though his daughter Zoe is 34 years old. It's the only child he has. So he's a girl dad. But yeah, he said that... um, He'd love to have another kid and get married at 59. So, ladies, there's still hope. Keep up alive. Where you at, Lenny? Go to Miami. I believe he still lives in Miami. So, he also talked about the fact that Lisa Bonet's now ex-husband, or are they just separated? I can't remember what the final outcome was with that. They call him Uncle Lenny. That's how blended they are. The group spends a great deal of time together and have grown extremely close to, you know, Uncle Lenny, who is technically, I guess, what, what would you call your? What do you call your siblings? father. I guess just your sibling's father. I guess that's why Uncle Lenny just works. It's kind of complicated, right? But anyway, Jason and Lisa's children are 16, Lola's 16, and Nicole Wolf is 15. So I do think that it is beautiful that they were able to maintain that dynamic because, you know, it's hard and blending parents, bl- blending parents, blending families is something that, you know, not a lot of people necessarily are eager to do. So if you find people that you can do it and it helps give some semblance of a family unit where everybody can count on each other, I think that's a beautiful thing. Fahima in the chat says, one must be invited for an interview at a radio station and artists can't just show up you're right they can't just show up but they can call and say hey i'd love to do such and such show happens all the time you know i mean it does it really does if you have an interest that's why you have a publicist that's why you have a manager you don't have to do it but you can send them and they will go and find the person the connection the booker, whomever hey my artist is interested in appearing on this show. Do you think that we can make it happen? It's not always just one-sided with the show or the station or whomever seeking out to, you know, have guests come on. People also want to be a guest in general. So, I mean, I'm not being unfair. I'm not speaking from inside of a vacuum. I'm Speaking to a very specific time period as well, when I got the opportunity to work on some projects with Lenny at his label. And I can tell you, we were not, as far as where he was categorized and where they were sending him, they weren't sending him to black outlets. But I think the also the expectation was he wasn't trying to go there either. When we come forward, we'll get more on this topic, more trending topics, more headlines. You're locked into RSVP with Jill Monroe here on KBLA Talk 1580. News and sports is on the other side. Shout out to Michael Jackson and Paul McCartney. You know what yesterday was, November 29th, 1982? That was the release of the Thriller album my life was forever changed <laughs> <laughs> it was it was changed forever you want to know what else was released on november 29th um i think 1999 cisco's album unleashed the dragon so uh something about that november i wonder if cisco talked to def jam and did that on purpose i feel like he would have had to have known you know Maybe something trying to siphon off that Michael MJ juice or something like that. You know, that would be dope. Shannon Thompson in the chat says this song puts me um, puts you in a good mood automatically. Yes, it does. Shout out to brother Alfonso. Good evening to you, Andy.
1: Was there something to uh, album release dates as far as uh, the season or whatnot? Absolutely was. Because I remember Jay Z used to always talk about, you know, fourth album, quarter. Fourth quarter, or like yeah. he would talk about albums. I guess albums that would drop like May, June in preparation for the summer. Right. So I'm just thinking, you know, these albums being dropped late November. Was it, you know, maybe yeah, for holiday? No,
0: for sure. Fourth quarter release. That's okay, what we no. call it. Fourth quarter. You get it in there. It's a big time of the year. You're getting ready for the Christmas, Hanukkah, all of those things. So, you know, the um, the sales thing goes a little different now because at that time albums dropped on Tuesdays as well. And now albums are released on Fridays. Shout out to one Beyonce, Giselle Knowles, for changing the game up. Yeah, but um that was a great album, naturally. Um and so we were just talking about uh what the billion views from YouTube for Beat It, Thriller, uh, Billie Jean, Timeless. Come on now, everybody wanted a strawberry pink button down and bow tie and a black leather tuxedo suit. People still looking rocking that look to this day. All right, back on Lenny. So, also again and Oddly enough, I can speak to this period because I worked on some of these releases. So, um, you know, I looked up kind of around the time period, naturally, that I was at Lenny's label, Virgin. And back in 2001, 2002, he had an album release back there, right? He did do some black media. Most of it was print. But again... With not all of these, but I know, I believe he did Vibe, Ebony, and Essence. I don't believe he did a shoot with any of them. Maybe one. I'm not certain. Maybe Vibe he did a shoot. They probably had budget. But with Essence and Ebony, he was sent because what happens, well, what used to happen is that when an artist does packaging for their album release, they also do, you know, there's an extra set or outtakes or things that they're going to send to magazines or other places that... They know will want to cover them or want to feature something with them, but won't um, have the time as far as the artist or the artist may not want to give them that time. So we would send them selects from certain things. There would be certain photos. Some of them would be exclusive. So only a certain tier of outlets would get access to those photos. Some would just be generic. And those are the ones that you kind of would see across the board on repeat. So again, when I speak about this stuff, I can say I don't know what Lenny's feeling was as far as getting in with black media or going to their events and award shows. But from the flip side of it, I can say that there was likely some gatekeeping going on and there was no interest in having Lenny at those type of events. I can tell you that an artist like Janet, who also was active at that time period, there was a difference in how the access and the availability and the type of things, you know, different outlets got. Some of it was just a numbers game. It depends on what your circulation was, your viewership was, how much they got. It just so happened to coincide that a lot of times with those number balances, it seemed that the more mainstream or white leaning media were the ones that got the edge. So I understand why he feels that way. And and again, I don't think that he is wrong in saying that, especially, you know, in these latter years if we have expanded out and there's been different fusions and things like that. You know, why wasn't Lenny involved in a BET Prince tribute? But again, I ask you, seriously, would he... Have shown up. Is he more willing to show up now. Because he's not quite at the same heights that he was earlier. And I say this again as someone who has professionally worked with him. And enjoy him simply as a fan and a performer. I don't know. It's an interesting topic though. And I wonder if we will hear more from it. And more surrounding it. Right? Um... Some of his other comments were, um, (laughs) he pointed out that the lack of recognition is baffling for him because he has succeeded in blending as many genres as he has blending his family. You know, he says he finds it hard to understand why his success is not more celebrated by the people that run those publications and organizations. He also said that I have been that dream and the example of what black artists can do. Right. He also talked about in the same piece, the you know, racist and sort of misogynist. Well, not sort of. They were trash. That Rolling Stone founder Jan Werner said he called the remarks disappointing and sad. But the thing about that is, but Lenny, again, you would have given more credence to them or at least your your people than a magazine like Vibe or Ebony. So I don't know. Andy?
1: I don't even think black people really rocking with him like that generally speaking
0: i I mean no i i mean i don't disagree with you i don't disagree with you i think it could be a programming thing however i don't i don't think that that means that they shouldn't be introduced to him or celebrated you know what i'm saying Fine, maybe not fully in the rotation or every year, but there are moments that you can just like we, you know, pay homage to the old times. We could do that with something like him because he is a trailblazer in some ways to some degree, and we can expand our minds. But I do think that he's being just a tad. Not completely real about the whole arc of the situation. When we come forward, more trending topics and headlines. You're locked into RSVP with Jill Monroe here on KBLA Talk 1580.
1: Trending topics and the hottest happenings. You're listening to RSVP with Jill Monroe on KBLA Talk 1580.
0: You're locked into RSVP with Jill Monroe here on KBLA Talk 1580. I told you, our YouTube chat is always bustling. Brother Alfonso said, I'm a big Lenny Kravitz fan, but Prince kind of filled the lane in genre blending, if you will. I mean, I, I th- you know, Prince, obviously, I'm a huge, huge Prince fan. But I, again, I, I think that there can be more than one. Right. I think that there was a time in the mid 90s or early 90s where, you know, though it wasn't our thing, black people were like rock out living color. They were a black rock group. You know what I mean? So I think that. We know when something is not really our genre, right? Nobody was mad when Justin Bieber popped up at the BET Awards. So it's not that they don't understand counter-programming and things of that nature. What I can tell you, right? Again, I have the luxury of having worked for Lenny's label, NPR, and having worked at BET Network, you know, worked on the BET Awards amongst other shows and things of that nature. They would have loved having a star of Lenny's caliber there to present, to do anything. That is not something that they would have been like, "Uh," you know, or that they wouldn't have reached for. I don't know if they ever reached out to um, his people, for lack of a better term. So I can't say that they were denied or turned down, but... I also know that a lot of people called BET offices and requested tickets. You would be surprised of all different levels. There are people that they reached out to to host the BET Awards. Icons that were like, mm, I'm good, thanks. So I think that, um, you know, again, it's a different time period now. And certainly different things can happen now. But if I just look back to the time when I was, you know, working with him, it it wasn't really an option, you know? BET had Eminem on there. He's in hip-hop, though. So I think that Andy made a good point about the fact that You know, his genre is outside of typically what we go for. And I do think that that is a fair note. But I don't think that that should preclude him for participating. But on that same note, none of those outlets, none of those black media outlets would be like, why would we have Lenny Kravitz here? Just on the strength of that's a good look for them. So... You know, now, may there have been some things? I'm not saying this happened, but assuming there was some negotiation going on or something like that, and maybe someone felt on a network level or on an outlet level that what he was requesting or the requirements was too much for their budget. That definitely could have happened because the budgets were definitely different when you're talking about a mainstream outlet or a black publication or show. We all know it. There's a difference in that number and what is standard at times or what used to be for some of those mainstream entities wasn't necessarily available to a black media outlet and sometimes things like that are the things that will remove you from contention so you just never know again i i hope that this opens up a door and we do see lenny or even a segment on you know black rock acts you know not just oh we started it really show the whole transition of or the different ones that were there. Like I, I mentioned Living Color. Um what was the guy's name, Vernon? I think he fell out of favor though. But you know, a Lenny, someone like what Des Dickerson that used to be in the revolution with Prince. There's lots of acts that are I mean, I, I guess now we would call them alternative urban. Alternative R&B, I'm not sure what that lane is, but I think that there is a lane there that is available now that at this age Lenny might, his music might slot more comfortably in. If you think about somebody like Pink Sweats or even um, Frank Ocean at a time period, there's certain music that maybe might be more open and could fit Lenny into the thing, but you know. We'll have to see what happens. I bet you they'll be ringing Lenny's publicist's phone hook off. Do people still do that? I guess there's no hook anymore. So, I don't know, texting up a storm, whatever, emailing. I bet you Lenny will be getting some requests from some black outlets now.
1: Andy? How many years have the BET Awards been around now? About 20. About 20?
0: A little more than that, yeah, but so, about that.
1: So, I'm like, the BET Awards been popping for 20 years and you're just now speaking on it.
0: I mean, again, I think that there is a change in what Lenny Kravitz represents to the mainstream audience as well. I'm not saying that that is the case. I'm just saying that is what it appears to be. And again, maybe he's changed over time. And, you know, what he feels maybe early on, he did feel like, well, they didn't ask me, so I'm not going to go. You know, we all have those miscommunication things. Ego and pride can stand in the way of a lot of things. But again, just speaking from hearing those internal conversations and just knowing what the press plan was. There was the things like Essence and Ebony, those legacy things, but I don't know. I don't know if, you know, was Lenny going to go on the couch and sit down with Roxy and Terrence? I don't know.
1: That's a good question. I don't even know if that would have been his demographic.
0: It probably wouldn't have. So, I mean, you know, that you got to consider all of that within the mix. And I I definitely don't think that they would have shunned him. And I definitely don't think that if he... Or someone would have requested him to be, I think that they would have done everything that they probably could have to make it happen and to, you know, secure some type of performance or something.
1: Does this put pressure on BET to bring him on in for oh, the next? Oh, I, d-
0: I for sure think he'll get the call. Okay. And I hope he is willing to accept it and not like, well, you calling now because I called you out. I, d- I mean, here's the thing. The BET Awards are produced by Jesse Collins, who also entertainment. He's black. He is black. He, um, Jesse Collins. Here's a fun fact for you. Cause you know, I'm full of them. Jesse Collins back in the day used to be on 1580. KD early, early on. He, um, you know, he's worked his way up, produced a bunch of different things. BET awards. He's produced the Oscars, the Emmys. Like they, his production company is well known. And, um, He's brought you some of your favorite moments as far as entertainment award shows and things of that nature. Live production events, top tier, stellar. And they've worked with all types of acts. You know, he is a black man, but they have done things that are not considered black events and things of that nature. So I'm sure if they can get him and timing wise, it works out. I bet that, you know. He, they would love to have him. I know they would. But it's also a different time period. So I think, to your point, probably more open to it as a special thing, you know? Now, rotation on the radio, I don't know about that.
1: Yeah, if they're going to send him an invitation, they might as well just give him, you know, the Lifetime Achievement Award or I mean, something like I think that. It's yeah. That's apropos. And uh, do you still have a, a relationship with the, the gentleman? With who? I forgot his name already. You just mentioned him, the BET guy.
0: When I worked at BET? <laughs> Who's the
1: dude that be doing the BET Awards? You just said his name you just Oh, about Jesse Collins Jesse Collins Jesse Collins, Collins. Jesse Collins Entertainment
0: I, um, y- you know, I know people that work within him Like, just, yeah
1: I'm just saying, send him an invitation to, you know Come back For to 1580, us. why not? I'm just saying, oh, it's to, full to circle Come through, come through, yeah. see if you can go through
0: that, that would be a good idea Maybe I'll have to do that we have to see if we can make that happen You know? I I thought about that the other day because I actually and we'll be playing this interview next week. um, Talked to Reginald Hudlin. He directed a film called Candy Cane Lane, which drops tomorrow on Amazon that stars Eddie Murphy and Tracy Ellis Ross. And Reggie was my boss at BET and he does a lot of stuff with (laughs) Jesse Collins Entertainment. So anyway, that's a long, complicated story, but it would make a good full circle moment. So we'll have to see. They do a lot of award shows and things like that, but we'll have to see. That would be nice. Listen, when we come forward, we have more trending topics, more headlines. We're going to get into a rehashing, a reheating of old beef between Carrie Hilson and Tierra Marie, and let's just say you can blame the R&B Money podcast for getting it kicked back off again. It really isn't kicked back off, but we're going to take a look at it, plus There's some other things that are floating around in the air. Shout out to Lenny Kravitz, though, y'all. And um, if you haven't seen Lenny in concert and you get a chance to, go check it out. It is definitely a very cool experience. Um, News and Sports is on the other side. You're locked into RSVP with Joe Monroe.